my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Math & Magic, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Bob Pittman. Welcome to a bonus episode of Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Back when I was 16, I got my start as a DJ, working on the radio. And there's something fun about being back behind the microphone and getting to ask my favorite people to tell me their favorite stories. Today we're going to look back at just a few of the stories from Season 1 that have stuck with me, some of the best marketing stories starting with my pal Olivier Francois. Olivier is the head of the Fiat brand and chief marketing officer for FCA. He's also the genius behind one of the world's greatest ad slogans, Chrysler's Imported from Detroit. When he was here, I wanted to ask him how he came up with that tagline, which was a little more spontaneous than you might think. 
Here, give it a listen. Talk about imported from Detroit, which I'm a marketer at heart, and it's one of the greatest lines I've ever heard. Where did that line come from? So that line came totally incidentally from a speech. I came from Fiat, and I was called by our late boss, Sergio Marcione, to lead Chrysler. The shortest time to market we could uh, think of was to take the old Sebring. That was not the greatest car we had, to be totally fair. Fix it. Make some things that would really match the level of qualities we wanted for Chrysler. So we fixed the quality. We fixed the design. And then the slot that we had to launch a car was LA, the LA Auto Show. I was so terribly ignorant of all things America. One thing I didn't know is that the LA Auto Show is literally where you celebrate Japanese cars, German cars, maybe Italian cars, by the way, but for sure not a Chrysler. So too late, I'm on stage presenting my new baby. And that was obviously one of the most important moments in my life because this was a question of life or death for the whole company and not just for me. So I just instinctively pitched it. I made this up on stage. I say, hey, I know that you guys like imports and we are in LA. So look at this car like imported from Detroit. It was just my ending. And actually a couple of people came and said, that would be a good line for an ad. And then I thought of it, you know, and I say, yeah, that's a good life for an ad. I have four kids, two of which at the time were very much into hip hop and introduced me to Eminem. And when we started thinking of Detroit, obviously that tune came to mind. When you have one chance, one opportunity, that totally connects together Chrysler, Detroit and all of America. So I was obsessed with securing that song, which ended up being a, an endeavor, to say the least. I'm certain. Once I had the song, Eminem was so intrigued. He was never scripted to be in the commercial. He was just kind of probably intrigued and at the same time maybe a little bit scared, rightfully so. You know, what are these advertisers going to do with my song? He came on set and I promised him that it would be probably more largely about Detroit than just about a car, for sure, or even a brand. Then it just uh, magic happened. But all of America, they didn't like very much Detroit in that moment. People were very suspicious when it came to all these bankruptcies. We were a bailout company. And my boss and our management until the last moment were assessing whether airing a big commercial during a Super Bowl was a good thing or a bad thing. Would there be a backlash? We had secured, I think, in 90 seconds, but that thing was just magical and beautiful as a two-minute. So we also had to buy the extra 30 seconds, convince the NFL to innovate because there were no such things as a two-minute Super Bowl commercial. The magic almost of ignorance because we had really no clue that Eminem would license a song, that Eminem would appear in a commercial, and that two minutes of advertising could not fit a Super Bowl spot, you know? So um, from 600 cars per month to 6,000 after the commercial, that's a math uh, aspect. And the magic is what happened in the whole country because obviously the commercial resonated with more than just Detroit, with more than just car guys. It resonated as a message of pride for all of America. I love that story and how Olivier isn't hindered by being an outsider. I mean, he's the consummate outsider. Imagine this, a Frenchman working for an Italian company who lives in Detroit, but he uses it to his incredible advantage. 
Now let's dig into some more incredible Super Bowl commercials. This conversation was with Wendy Clark, the first female CEO of DDB Worldwide. Wendy has done so much incredible work with Coca-Cola and other brands over the years, and I love her philosophy on ads. She thinks ads are usually intrusive, but she wants to make ads that are so good, they're like an invited guest. And that's really showcased by her work with Skittles. Globally, we're spending about two hours and 20 minutes a day on just social media. Just social media. Think about that. You know, 10% of your day. It's not that people aren't willing to give attention. They are very much, but it needs to be deserved. It needs to be earned. We can't just force our agenda and what we want to say onto people. There has to be some sort of quid pro quo where consumers enjoy this. They find it useful, interesting, compelling, shareworthy. There's some sort of value that's created through that content. And that's very much our focus. How do you get that conversation started? How do you get people to say, this is worthy of me making a part of my life? We spend a lot of time thinking about that. So probably best to talk about some examples. Skittles, one of our clients, they've been a longtime Super Bowl sponsor. Skittles as a brand is known for doing things not in a predictable way. How do you become sort of unpredictable, interesting, shareworthy, compelling for the Skittles audience, which obviously tends to be younger. Two years ago, we made a Super Bowl spot for just one kid, one 16-year-old only. I've never seen it. The CMO of Mars, Andrew Clark, he's never seen the spot. I mean, we literally, the 16-year-old and the creatives who worked on it are the ones who saw the spot with David Schwimmer. I mean, that was outrageous and outlandish, but it became this sort of phenomenon that Skittles fans and followers and consumers, importantly, people wanted to eat the candy, Loved and followed and in total, there were like 67,000 people who watched the kid watch the ad on Facebook during the Super Bowl, watching absolutely nothing but watching the kid watch the ad type thing. So, I mean, it's just... Welcome to the new world. Well, well, I think it's knowing and understanding what compels and interests that audience. What we spend a lot of time when we meet with our clients is truly living into the values of your brand and company. And that's so right on Skittles. And there are many other companies and brands who could have done that. And people have been like, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. But for Skittles, it was so right. And then, of course, this year, sort of doubling down on that, we did a, a live Broadway show, which makes, again, absolutely no sense at all on why a candy would do a live Broadway show. But we had theater critics from all over New York come and review it, and it was the proper Broadway show. And the important fact behind both of these is that Skittle sales were up during the period both years. We don't do this because this is runaway imagination and creative people just errantly spending money. This is about creating brand impact. Having a candy sponsor a Broadway show and then having the music and campaign go viral, it's pretty incredible. Speaking of advertising as an invited guest, my producer Mangesh made me put this in. An ad from a startup I led called MTV, where we got consumers to literally demand the product with the line, I want my MTV. Here's my conversation with one of my co-founders, Fred Seibert, the guy who led the on-air look and the marketing way back then. The cable operators wanted us to pay them. As you say, we had intern wages and no money. (laughs) So our good friend Mayo Stunts, who actually had a Harvard MBA, said we should use consumer pull. Like, what the hell is consumer pull? And he goes, we'll get the consumer to demand it. Mm Mm-hmm. Great. So you and Tom Freston came over to my apartment one night to show me a cable brat spot. Mm-hmm. Embedded in the cable brats was this memorable line, I want my MTV. The actual spot said, they grew up with rock and roll, they grew up with television, now they want their MTV. George Lois, who never saw something that he couldn't copy, had already copied 
a famous TV commercial from the 50s called I Want My Mapo for a really horrendous tasting oatmeal oatmeal substance. (laughs) Exactly. He had sports stars like Mickey Mantle and Joe Namath crying like, I want my Mapo. And he redid it with Mick Jagger and, you know, whoever, David Bowie and Pete Townsend and all that type of stuff. And they showed us this spot. So we went and we pitched it to you. I think you saw the feeling of it right away. I remember going into our boss's office and saying, but HBO spending $10 million a year in advertising goes, you're lucky you have two. Somehow or other, the people in the media business didn't actually believe in advertising. It was the you know, weirdest thing. And so I went to Dale. I said, look, we only have $2 million. And he did an incredible data dump of where could MTV be put on against how much media cost in that particular market. And he did three or four or five cross tabs to figure out the most likely places that if we put on these spots, we'd have an impact that that we would get people calling and making the cable operators insane. And that's exactly what happened. He literally took what Mayo said and put on the beginning of the spot. He had Pete Townsend doing it. America demand your MTV. Right. And people go, I want my MTV. I want my MTV. And then Pete Townsend again with a telephone going, Call your cable operator and say, I want my, and God knows, I think we made customer representatives from all over America crazy within four weeks. I had a guy stop me at a cable operator and said, I hate you. And I go, why, why do you hate me? And he goes, because my phone rings all day with those people saying, I want my MTV. I can't get any work done. Demand is bad. We reverse that demand curve. Just to sort of flip it a couple of years, one of the major cable operators decided they were going to take MTV off the air. And you called up and you said, we need new spots. We have to get people to keep them from turning off MTV. And we went and filmed a lot of rock stars half in shadow and all in black and white going, they're trying to take away your MTV. And we put those on the air and lo and behold, they did not cancel our channels. Stay right here. We'll be back with a few more great campaigns from Math & Magic in just a minute. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. 
Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic, and then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Math & Magic. Here's a story from my compatriot, the CMO here at iHeart, Gail Troberman, back from her days when she was at Microsoft, and she ran a fun but small guerrilla campaign that shows just how far $10,000 can go if you're willing to put it in a bag and hand it to someone. Let's give a listen. All those lessons you learned, mm -hmm. slugging it out, trying to get free <laughs> media, PR. Yeah. What did you apply when you went to Microsoft? You know, you were in the wild, wild west at that moment. People mm -hmm. sort of forget that nobody believed they needed to be on the Internet. The big sales pitch was not how you're going to be on the Internet. It's just, you need to be on the Internet. I'm not sure I need to be on the Internet. It's hard to imagine now, but that was Silly. the challenge, right? Like getting marketers to believe the Internet mattered way back when was job one back in the early ad days. One of my favorite stories about early Microsoft marketing was we were launching the city guide called Sidewalk. And New York was one of our first markets. And we were trying to be of the city, relevant, local, but we had teeny, 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 tiny marketing budget. So we weren't going to go buy giant ads or do TV. And so we were like, what's iconic to New York? And at the time, it was those coffee cups in delis. It's pre-Starbucks, right? There were coffee you cups. Mean the Greek cups? With the Greek, you know, with the urn, those sure, coffee cups. And we're like, 
you know, what if we could get on those coffee cups? And so we found the dude who distributes the coffee cups and he's in like a warehouse in Queens. And we said, what would it cost? We'll pay to print the cups. We just want to put sidewalk.com on them. And again, none of these things have been done before. It sounds normal now. And he was like, what do you mean you're going to print the cups? We negotiated with the dude and it turned out he wanted $10,000 in cash. And for a week, we would own every coffee cup if we gave him $10,000 in cash. We'd print them and it would say sidewalk.com instead of the urn. And it was probably one of the smartest marketing deals I ever did because for $10,000, we were on every coffee cup in the hand. I heard the publisher of the New York Times at that moment was screaming about the internet and what are we going to do with it? And somebody pointed out he was holding a sidewalk.com coffee well, cup in that. his hand. Do you yeah. have one of those cups? You know, I do somewhere in a box, somewhere in a garage. <laughs> Sometimes we think about the power of marketing and limit it to products. But for Tim Castry, his proudest moment was when he used the power of advertising to make an impact on the earth and to make an entire continent go dark. But before I throw to the clip, if you haven't listened to Tim's episode, the story of how he grew up working odd jobs, shoveling manure even, how his family struggled to put food on the table at points, and how he worked his way up from a grocery store advertising cadet is truly remarkable. Now, here's one of his favorite early campaigns. Talk about creativity in this period and at Leo Burnett. Got an example? The best campaign I've ever worked on. One of the reasons I moved to media was after we'd made this campaign, I thought, well, what the hell's left? This was a <laughs> pinnacle moment. And that was the formation of a campaign called Earth Hour. The World Wildlife Fund came to Leo Burnett and said, we want a campaign about climate change. The chairman at the time, a great man named Nigel Marsh, who's become a dear friend, he said, well, let's not make you some ads. Let's make a movement. Let's convince everybody in Sydney to turn off their lights for an hour and make a symbolic gesture. So this idea of Earth Hour was born. But not only did Nigel do that, he worked with the WWF and he took it to the Sydney Morning Herald with the editorial desk and said, look, if we launch this, will you get behind it from an editorial standpoint? Because we want to convince everybody in Sydney to turn out their lights. Everybody, this started thinking like this is an impossible thing. But then we got thousands of businesses, millions of people. We saw the central business district of Sydney go dark and it was such a powerful symbol and statement and the earned media and everything that came off of that was phenomenal and then it expanded so earth hour is still going and at last count about seven thousand cities around the world take part in earth hour every year it's the single biggest movement of its kind that has ever been created and it was really about our agency the sydney morning herald and the world wildlife fund coming together and flipping the brief on its head and say let's do this a little bit differently hundreds of millions perhaps you know more than a billion people around the world have been influenced by that campaign since it launched out of our little old office of Leo Burnett, Sydney, 10 or 12 years ago. Well, congratulations. That's it for today's bonus episode of Math & Magic. We'll be back soon with some great new episodes from stories of the Robin Hood Foundation to the beginnings of Horizon Media and even to how Nickelodeon got its start. But in the meantime, thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to Math & Magic, a production of iHeartRadio. The show is hosted by Bob Pittman. Special thanks to Sue Schillinger for booking and wrangling our wonderful talent, which is no small feat. Nikki Etor for pulling research, Bill Plax and Michael Azar for their recording help, our editor Ryan Murdoch, and of course, Gail, Raul, Eric, Angel, Noel, Mango, and everyone who helped bring this show to your ears. Until next time.
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair, it's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia, and you get me, George Camel. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. <laughs> You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.